Hi, I'm Sam Smeltzer, and you're listening to the Heartworker Book Club Podcast, where we talk about the powerful cultivation practice of reading and writing to inspire both personal and professional growth. You're tuning in during the 2022 Book Club, where we dive into the practice of reading just 10 pages a day to uncover some life-changing lessons in three incredible books. Welcome to the club, and I'm so happy you're here. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Heartworker Book Club podcast. I'm Sam Smelter, and I'm so glad that you're here. And we are kicking off a special two-part final concluding episode, I guess, sequence or series, mini series within a series as we wrap up this season of our book club, um, which is basically the whole reason for this podcast. Um Really exciting because today is completely different than normal because uh, we are actually in person. So we're not staring at each other on boxes on a screen. We're not worried about people's internet because my friends here all live in way out into the country where <laughs> they have some Wi-Fi difficulties for good reason. Um, but we're all together actually here at the Heart Center and got to share meal and break bread and just celebrate another wonderful season and the friendships that have cultivated out of this group. So I'm grateful that you're all here. <laughs> I'm grateful that you were all here this season. And um, yeah, let's get into this conversation. So where I want to take this conversation, because this season is so different than last season, like last season, we were like in it and actively reading things and talking about what we were reading and the evolution of them all. This one, we kind of meshed them all together. And then because of so many different things, you know, cause life happens cause we are humans. Um, you know, we had some pauses that I think were very intentional. Um, but I don't think that limits the power of the lessons that were in these books. And so as you have started to go forth, you know, post reading, the story of Kobe, the Mamba mentality, you know, Thinking Again by Adam Grant and A Living Buddha, Living uh, Christ by Han, you know, what's different? And I, I maybe I'm going to pick on you, Karen, because mm -hmm. before we were talking and I won't say what relationship mm -hmm. it was, but you talked about how one of these books has helped you with a relationship and just extending a, a certain kind of dialogue. So like, what I guess, and you've talked about sharing these books with people, like that's been a common theme for you that we read these books and you give them. And I think a lot of us do that here, but what makes you use that as kind of an olive branch or a way to grow and evolve together? Cause I think you even last year were reading one with one of your team members mm -hmm. and, you know, so talk a little bit about that and talk a little bit about the book that you chose to share and how that's maybe helping grow and evolve relationships around you. Yeah, I mean, I think that well, we've all had conversations about the bridges that books, I think, can build for us. You know, I think it's built bridges for all of us in this group. Um, I was referring specifically to Living Buddha, Living Christ. Um, and I think I mentioned in a couple of podcast episodes that that book initially made me think about my relationship that I had with the idea of Christ, um, my faith. Um, and now I have this really amazing relationship, um, with my mother-in-law and, and her relationship with her faith. And I shared this book with her cause I thought it would be a really great read for her. And, 
you know, now we've got another bridge that we created and that we built. And um, over this long pause that we took over the summer, I lost my own mom. And so this has been an opportunity for me to get closer to my mother-in-law and to think about, you know, how I'm connecting to my faith right now in a very difficult time in my life. And I'm doing it differently than she does. But again, this book was an opportunity to create a connection between us and, and I think probably long lasting conversations that we'll have between each other. And also that I can start having with my kids. Um, and then when it, you know, as it relates to think again, that, so I think Han's book is a very personal book for me, like my relationships, my personal relationships, the think again, the grant book for me is a lot about my relationships that I have outside of my home, my colleagues, my workplace. Um, and I think that book is really more of challenging me to rethink workplace situations or workplace relationships. Um, and, you know, we're all talking about workplace relationships right now. And I, and I have shared that book um, with colleagues, but I've also talked about having the scientific mentality at work and thinking about how we can reframe situations. So that's, you know, I think how I use the books in in different relationships. I will also say, and I feel like I always talk about mama mentality last, and it's not that it's least important to me, but it's the one where I think I might have had the harder the hardest time initially connecting to it. But that book, when you when I read that book now and I think about Kobe's entire experience and the way that he, I think, used um, concepts from Think Again and Han's book, that's like how he got through his life. And this is the story of how he used those concepts. And that is relatable. I mean, I can relate to that now as I'm going through a personal difficulty and thinking about how I need to reframe and I need to rethink and I need to take time for myself and I need to be with myself so I just think these, I felt like these books came at a really good time when we first picked them up. And now I'm thinking a lot about, I'm going to keep using them and need to keep using them moving forward, which is exactly how I felt at the end of last year's podcast. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I love because there is this whole like, and when we read them, we talk about them coming at the perfect time. Mm. And I know that I say it and I know that we've all said it because things are happening as we're reading those. And it's like the words are just coming to life off of the page. But then to say that these also come as this perfect kind of prerequisite for the next season that we're getting ready to approach. Um, you know, Liza, do you did you experience that kind of same thing? Like now that we've kind of had this pause a little bit briefly and coming back, like, has those books prepared you for whatever you're actively kind of pursuing now or what you're seeing on the horizon? Yeah, I, I would I would have to agree. Uh, there's been a mind shift after these three books. I mean, the first year, the first uh, podcast, there it was almost like a, a preparation. But the, there was definitely a mind shift after reading these books. And the idea that Kobe Bryant, who's, who people are just gravitate, just gravitate towards him, and he used these principles that we read about in, you know, a religious book and in, you know, an international uh, motivator in Adam Grant and his book. But Kobe used them just instinctively. Mm. And that there's something, you know, very spiritual in that. 
Um, so I think about that often. And it, it really, when I see someone else to whom people gravitate, and I realize they're using an instinct that they've had all along. So I'm curious. I like to watch mm-hmm. and observe. And what what is that that they're using? You know, and it it just really makes me think about those gifts that we've been given, all of us. Kobe is more than just the physical gift. His He was just an incredible leader in what he did. And all the greats looked to him. And that was just very intense reading. The Adam Grant, I mean, absolutely. When I find myself really stressed, Mm -hmm. a situation, and and what goes through my head is how, why? You know, why me? Why, how does this happen? Not again, those kinds of things. Or that negative self-talk, because we all have it, and we all know that in order to change any outcome, no matter what the situation, you start with changing your your negative self-talk. How do you talk to yourself? And that changes the, the outside situation. And so I think to myself, well, what are all the possible scenarios that could cause someone to behave this way? Maybe it has nothing to do with what I'm thinking right now. And it when you're going through all the different possible scenarios that might cause a, fr- a situation to be so frustrating it just starts to melt away like mm. butter the stress melts away you just let it go you can just let it go because there's no way you could even think of all the possible scenarios and after reading you know living buddha living christ i am very uh spiritual person but i don't necessarily have a strong spiritual practice. And so my search, I have had a lot of um, experience in a lot of different Christian denominations. And, um, but I believe very strongly that what I'm searching for, answers, truth, that kind of thing, is, um, is kept in snippets in all of the ancient religions. And so my purpose in choosing that book was to explore a little bit about those similarities and it it really has in some ways solidified what I already knew what I already thought Mm -hmm. and in other ways it has really armed armed me um in and my faith is a lot stronger Mm -hmm. now and I am much less likely to, and I'm just going to say judge Christianity mm-hmm. for all of the things that I know, because that's where I have my experience, are faults with the people in, in who are Christians. And it helps me to see a little better where they are, understand they're on the same journey that I'm on, mm-hmm. and and know that they'll get there eventually. Yeah, not not all Christians, and mm-hmm. I'm not don't mean to single Christians out, but really all of us in general. Mm-hmm. Um, so it really brought me to a different level in my personal development. Um, Karen, you and I were just talking a little bit earlier about our existential crisis <laughs> since COVID, um, and I'm looking forward to the next to the next 
set of books. Yeah. See where that takes us. So I love what you said there about talking about Kobe. Because whether you did it intentionally or not, but I love how you you ended with talking about Kobe and you started talking about with Kobe. (laughs) But you talked about how he is so much more than a physical gift. And I think that is something that if you're not embedded in sports, is something that we just kind of assume. It's easy to go through the channels and assume here's a bunch of guys, gals, whatever, that, you know, have some physical assets or fast and good at that. And they're able to make a lot of money based off of that. And isn't that nice? I wish that I was that fast or could hit the hoop that many times or something like that. And I think, Ben, one of the most powerful things that you have done since the very beginning is you've started to peel back those layers that there's so much more to sports and to these these humans, which we all knew they were humans, but the complexity was not so simple there. So, I mean, I don't think that you had like some elaborate curriculum that you were trying to educate us on the complexity of those people, but you just really resonated with them. And obviously that's why you picked a book. Ben also hinted at the fact that he's going to try to possibly not pick a sports book next time, which I don't, I don't know. Like, I think I need that education more. Maybe we're going to be tasked with picking a sports book and he's not, but tell us a little bit about like, you know, cause you've talked a lot about sports and seeing the spirituality being reflective without even reading about Kobe Bryant. I mean, you give us countless examples of how anything we read and think again, or even living Buddha, living Christ comes alive on these athletic fields and arenas. And so, you know, talk about that and your relationship with sports and how this really becomes this kind of growth tool for you personally. And, you know, tell us about that. A lot, all three of these books made me want to step out of my comfort zones and kind of like rethink how I think about life or it's not like, oh yeah, sports is the only thing I care about. There's other people who they don't care about sports whatsoever, but like, you're both going the same path and kind of knowing that like when you go through life, you're going to see people who might not think of athletes as people versus like people think, oh, well, Kobe Bryant's just an athlete on the floor. They all have like social justice issues they care about or they care about certain issues. If you look at a bunch of different NFL players or even just like sports athletes, they all have podcasts. They have their own like brands. They try to like, and still in people and kind of like show what they want to do. And it's kind of like a spirituality thing where they're like, I really believe in this cause like the Colin Kaepernick situation where he wanted to kneel for the national anthem. It's one of those where you have to step back and view. He is a person and an athlete. He just has a, has a, a pedestal to say, Hey, these are how I feel versus kind of one of those people where it's like, you can't say that technically he has that right. And kind of like, step back and view it from his perspective and all these books make you want to think what do i how do i feel from other person's shoes so if you go into a athlete's shoes and you see how they live their life it's not all the glitz and glamour that you see from like the mob mentality or like other stuff like that you see their struggles you see that they have the same problems that everybody else has so it's kind of one of those where if you don't think about others perspectives and trying to like think about it from two different ways you're gonna be very narrow-minded and not really view things in a positive light where before these books i thought oh i don't really need to think about living buddha living christ or think about other religions but trying to see how 
a lot of religions are kind of go along the same path, but they take different steps and take different different monologues and different kinds of ways to approach finding spirituality. Mm-hmm. I think it's, it's int- I was just thinking about what you were saying, you know, looking past just the physical. I think about this in the day-to-day. This is, to me, sounds like not judging a book by its cover. It's so easy. I think about this from a work perspective. It's so easy for us to look at someone's resume, for example, or look, you know, we brought someone in because you have these skills or this was your experience or you're friends with this person because they know someone that you like. I think it's, it's the practice, Liza, that you were talking about to slow down, to look past like what we all know about this person or what we should know about this person because they came with a set of skills and saying, I'm going to slow down. I'm going to take time to get to know you. I'm going to dig a little bit deeper and, and then really figure out those gifts. Right. And I think for me, that's what all three books really helped me understand is this idea of it's practice. So like, I think I've said this for two years that we've been together now I think for me, the hard part is the practice. Like it's really great to read the book and I'm taking all these notes and I'm thinking like, I'm going to do this. But the hard work is the day to day coming back and doing the same thing and reminding yourself in that moment when you did just look at the physical and you're like, oh, well, it's just Kobe, you know, like he's a sports star or whatever and say, no, he's a person that went through this, that uses these tactics, that has these gifts. And that I think is that's the everyday work, right? Like that's the, that's the legacy work. That's what happens. That's what you teach your kids and your friends. And hopefully that's what makes us a more connected group of people, society. Another thing going off that is with living Buddha, living Christ, you can kind of equate it to like different sports fans. So like, if you think about an NFL fan versus a NHL fan, they kind of both like the same sport, but they view it as, NFL is so much better because it's a bigger audience and like NHL where they're more just like there for the hockey and like you can see they both love one specific like sport and they view it as like their life and you can see where they're going on the same path to watch their team win but different perspectives and I know it was really hard for me when I was younger because I was a huge football and basketball fan. Then later on, I found sports like Formula One, cricket, and like curling. And people are like, why are you watching those? You just love football. I'm like, if you don't expand and find other sports, you're going to be very narrow-minded. And you can equate that to life with thinking again. Why do people have these silly rivalries like New York and Boston, for example, and think again? Two bitter rivals. It's one of those where they have they have the same exact thing. They want to see each other win, but they have different perspectives. A gritty franchise versus the Golden Boys of the of the Yankees, where you kind of have to see like mm-hmm. different perspectives of the fan bases, what the city is, and like where you're coming from. You can't you can kind of compare like a Cleveland Browns fan to a Mumbai Indians fan per se for like the cricket where they both want to see their team win. It comes from a gritty area where they're everybody works for what they get and you can see it in the fan bases cheering and you can see it where you they might think you're complete opposite side of the world and like two completely different sports. You kind of have a, a like mindset. So kind of like stepping outside of your comfort zones to think from another's perspective because you can gain other perspectives that you might not have thought about and you can try to like 
enrich other people. You know, what's interesting is, you know, I shared on here that we we just broke bread together and had a meal and we were having our conversations. And what I love about this group is, you know, we're all very different. A lot of us are in different stages of our lives and going through different things. We spend our free time in different ways. Liza was talking about how her children loved being on the farm and I couldn't stand it as a kid. And um, that doesn't change the way that we interact with each other and the way that we connect. And, you know, I'm thinking about the world and how hectic it is and how much more demanding it is. It's always been demanding, but definitely we've had a, a couple of things take it up a, a, a lot of notches. Let's just be frank, a lot of notches. And, you know, not being narrow-minded and being able to see from other people's perspective, you know, do you think that if you didn't have the accountability to read these kinds of books, like, where would you be on that spectrum? Because I know that I've I've met resistance when I share something from Think Again or I share something from Living Buddha, Living Christ. You know, Kobe's a little more relatable because I can hit it with certain aspects. But, you know, even people that I think are really open-minded struggle without being able to read the entire text, which is why I started with you caring about how you're sharing the book and then having those conversations. Because there's something about processing the books that's causing us to pause and expand that's allowing us to see things or the things that you were questioning Liza like there's not very many people who have the capacity right now to question like that and if someone is listening right now and saying gosh that must be nice all of you sitting there reading those books and you can see the the world with your bright eyes and bushy tails and you've grown and evolved like what would you say to that person who Maybe it's the Christian who's like, you just judged me and I would love to get to where you're at. But, you know, I don't have the time for that. I'm, I'm a busy person because Liza's never busy. <laughs> <laughs> the entrepreneur. <laughs> well, here's how I see things right now. And I'm going to really boil it down to something really simple. We are in an, a really extraordinary time in history where it's as if history is speeding itself up and we're tripping over ourselves um, in all of society. We're just going at such a pace. And we have a situation for the first time in all time where we have nearly all information available at our fingertips. And at the same time, the more we know, the more we don't know. Mm. So we are polarizing. Now, we've talked about it earlier tonight, our feeds and our searches are more and more curated to where we think our entire universe is all going this way or all going that way. Um, so disconnecting from the computer reconnecting on with paper allows us to think for ourselves um and you've talked about this before sam where you have where you have one you have to have the opposite the yin and you corrected my pronunciation i said yang you said yang 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 yeah. Yeah. So the more polarized we become, 
the more important it is for those of us who can and for those of us who can to plead with others to open your mind and become less polarized and more accepting. We have to balance. We are faced with choosing, do we want to live in a camp or do we want to counter that? You have a choice of one or the other. I mean, that's as simply as I can boil it down. Mm -hmm. And it is a choice. Mm -hmm. So by closing our eyes and not choosing to do anything, we simply take whatever's handed to us in our feed, then we've chosen. Mm-hmm. I, I fight against that every day because like anybody else, I can get lost in a TikTok. You know, 45 minutes is gone. Yeah. And I'm just beating myself up over the head. How in the world could I allow myself to have been indoctrinated for the last 45 minutes? So, or why, you know. So I boil it down to something very simple and that is that we have a choice Um, I think all of us would agree that our society is becoming more and more polarized. I want to counter that in every way possible. Mm -hmm. And and that's a choice. Yeah, it is. I mean, yeah, I mean, to read or not to read is a Mm -hmm. choice. Just like I think, you know, one of the things that I think is really amazing about this group, I mean, because as this is how you know that I'm a total like people research nerd because not only do I watch this group from how I'm getting something out of it, what you're getting out of it, but also watching the dynamics of the group. And, you know, one of the things that this group decided this season um, was that they weren't going to do an episode if somebody didn't make it. So regardless, if we had any tech issues or something, we would literally pause production and reschedule. But that's a huge choice, you know, and and. Gosh knows I'm a busy lady and I'm not going to be the last one that's going to push the group to say, why won't all three of you? Because the conversation's really valuable then. But to see you reflect that back and know that you're getting the most out of it, even if it means you had to add another date or sometimes we were holding multiple dates as backups in case something happened because life just does happen. Um, And I think that's that's the power of choice and that's the power of choice when you choose each other and you choose connection. Um, and it's so crazy to me when something so simple and you, you said, you know, boiling it down to something simple, but it's the simple choices that really create these powerful ripples. Yeah. And, and when I find myself hearing something and it happens all the time, you hear something and it, it, it triggers something in you mm. and you're like highly annoyed, highly annoyed. And you were saying that you asked, what would you say to somebody who was annoyed, you know, by the comments that I was making when I get annoyed now, I really have to question myself. I may not be able to come up with an answer as to what about that, what that person did or said just annoyed me. Um, but that's where the learning begins mm. is even just asking yourself, boy, what that person said was super offensive. Talk to yourself. Mm. Well, why was it offensive? And, and what did, what does that bring up in you? Um, and I would ask the, uh, this person or whomever who was offended by my comments about Christianity, which I love very, very dearly. Um, why why does it 
just just talk to yourself. They don't have to answer. It's rhetorical. Why does it create such a, a riff inside of you that possibly there would be other religions, other uh, schools of thought? Because I don't even want to say religion. Not not all of it is religion. Mm-hmm. As other schools of thought that may hold something deep and meaningful. Um, and, and a piece of the answer. I think the other thing that would be important for listeners to hear, and I think we talked about this when we read Cynic's book last year, is I think it can be really easy to listen to all of us and say, well, they've read these books and they've got all these concepts under their belt and they like are going out into the world and doing all these things. I mean, I will say the word practice comes up for me a lot because I probably capture maybe one or two things in each book. And that's the one thing that I'm really stuck on and I'll share. And I probably don't get it right every single time, but if it's the one thing that I hold on to, like that's what I'll practice. And I'm probably going to butcher this quote, but I don't know that practice, I don't think that keeping a practice makes perfect. I think practicing creates learning And so for every one concept or one book that you share with someone, maybe that gives them one thing that they think about. And we're, you know, we all want to change the world and we're hoping that reading these books and learning these things changes the world. And I I think in little bits it will, but just the fact that it's changing our world is to me, that's, that's impactful, right? Like it changed us enough that we want to share even one concept with someone or we want to be together to talk about those concepts. To me, that's, that's impactful enough. And yeah, the reality is like, we don't know it all just because we read three books this time, four books last year. But if you continue the practice of wanting to learn and wanting to read and wanting to just talk to others about what you learned, then Hopefully, you know, it's that infinite game. Like, it doesn't matter yeah. <laughs> what the outcomes are. You just know that you're doing your part in that, in that way. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Heartworker Book Club podcast. I hope that it served you. And if it did, the best way that you can support this podcast is by leaving a review on your favorite listening platform. And until next time, happy reading and writing.